With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Ghostly. Is the Fister Hotel in Milwaukee haunted? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real, and my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. And as always, we're your hosts. I'm Pat, and that's Rebecca. Hello. Hello, hello. (laughs) Uh, So I am super excited about this because... Doing a Milwaukee episode is kind of like doing a suburb of Chicago episode. Yeah, that I'd call Milwaukee a suburb of Chicago. <laughs> I'm sure they would love that. I'm sure they w- they would hate that. But I'm just saying the, <laughs> you know, the amount of times I've been to Milwaukee, it it just feels like it's closer. And th- Milwaukee is a magical place to me because every time I go, I see a different side of the city there. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, like you know, I've gone by the safe house. I've gone by uh, Summer Fest, and mm-hmm. I've gone to a couple of different areas. And each time, it's like, "Whoa, this looks like this. This looks like this," and it's it's totally different each time. It's definitely uh, more complexity than yes. it appears when you're just driving by it. Yes, yes, right. Um, I have also been there many times, and I have even been to the Fister. Oh, have you stayed there? Okay. Yes, no. Yes, no. <laughs> yes, no. So my family, my my brother lives in Wisconsin, a little further north. Yes. And so one year we, or actually I guess a couple times, but one year specifically, we actually rented a room, a suite, Ooh, one of the sweet. suites Ooh. at the Fister because they couldn't make it for Christmas or something. And so we met, all met as a family there Aww. and like- hung out in the suite but we didn't sleep there oh, okay i maybe some of us did i don't i don't think so though i know i didn't so so it's a luxury hotel though right it is it's yes. beautiful it was so nice and it was a perf- 
it was so yeah. beautiful. Christmas time, all of that. So I have of, a lot of Victorian art and stuff. Yes. There. Oh yeah. my gosh, it just definitely stands out. And uh, another thing that I read about it, and I don't know how true this is. I found a couple. I haven't found every, every single one. Is that every president since uh, William McKinley uh, has been rumored to have stayed in the Fister? Interesting. Well, yeah. if you're going to be in Milwaukee, I don't know where else. If you're a president, yeah, right. I don't know where else you're staying. I mean, I mean maybe I'm, by Bob's house or Jim's house or Tom's <laughs> house. I don't know. <laughs> I'm saying if you're in a hotel, you're going to stay at the Fister. Yeah. Well, okay. So this is the part of the podcast where we usually do shout outs. There are two ways to get a shout out on Ghostly. The first way is to give us a review on Apple Podcast. You know, we always love those five-star reviews, but we will read any and all reviews that we receive. And the second way is to become a member on Patreon. Just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on Patreon in the menu bar. That's the easiest way to find it. And we have a lot of different tiers. So, you know, I'm sure you'll find one that suits your needs. Absolutely. And one of the best parts of Patreon is our Ghostly X. Yes. A whole extra podcast for you. That we've been working hard on. It's, <laughs> we've it's been, been doing some extra stuff. We, I mean, we have. Yeah, we've been um, doing secret societies lately. And I, I've been really loving it because I love diving into these secret societies and finding out information about them. It's definitely, it's weird and creepy in a different way. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. For sure. Um, and don't worry, we'll be getting back to the ghost stuff, I'm sure, yeah. there too. But uh, but we, we like to have fun, do different things. Yeah. And, um, so definitely go check it out. But it's where we can put our skills at research that we've learned from Ghostly mm-hmm. to work on secret societies. Yeah. But you know what, Rebecca? There are no shout outs this episode. You guys need to step up, get in there. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, and we definitely hope that you join us over on Patreon. Yes. All right, so I do have listener mail. Okay. Uh, this is one that we got um, and uh, pretty recently, and I was so excited because it came with a picture of a dog. Oh, <laughs> nice. Doggy. Uh, so we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Always love to see the pets. Um, and so this is from, um, a woman called, uh, I think Carissa, Carissa, um, is her name and, um, she sent us, yes, she sent us a couple of stories. So I am excited. All right. All right. First off, I love the podcast. Ghostly was the first podcast I started listening to during COVID when repeats on TV were getting boring and working from home required some kind of background noise. Well, oh, we're okay. so excited you chose us. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't mind being background noise. Definitely. Uh, I've got two stories to tell, and we'll send them both. Feel free to read any or none of them on the podcast. You can use my name, and I've already changed the other names. So, oh, okay. Okay. Oh, that's nice. All right. So the first story I should tell is the actual ghost story that I have. I used to work in a museum home in Montana, and this home was, of course, haunted (laughs) we did ghost tours each october where we retold ghost stories that had been recorded in the quote big tour guide book of knowledge (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and in parentheses it's where we kept all the stories told to us about anything to do with the mansion along with any research we did into the items in the home that we were asked about one summer morning my fellow tour guide sally and i were waiting outside for our manager to come unlock the mansion and turn off the alarms. We were dressed in period attire, so it was obvious to anyone walking by that we worked there. 
while we were waiting, we were approached by a lady walking a dog through the grounds. She said, uh, I wanted to pass on my apologies to the guy staying the night inside. Sally and I were both very confused. The mansion is locked at night, so no one should be inside. And if someone had broken in, which unfortunately happened quite a few times, (laughs) there would have been alarms and police showing up. So we exchanged a very confused look, and I asked her what she was talking about. She said she was walking her friend's dog through the grounds early that morning and had decided to walk onto the porch and peek into the windows. While she was walking by the grandma's bedroom, now the office, she saw a man in an old-style nightgown. She figured she must have scared him pretty badly since he scared her. We told her that no one was inside and asked a few more questions to figure out if she was talking about the music room or grandma's bedroom. Then she said, so you don't pay people to dress up in historical clothes and stay the night? (laughs) (laughs) At this point, we were both sure she had seen a ghost and told her as much. We asked if she was pulling our legs and she swore she saw what she saw. (laughs) So to answer some of the questions, the grounds are open 24-7 so people can walk them at any time. This was the first story we'd heard of a man in the grandma's bedroom and the only ghostly (laughs) man we'd heard of in the home was Mr. Conrad, who had built uh, the home and later passed inside. Hmm. Finally, the lady was from out of state, was visiting to help her friend after surgery. She'd never heard of the mansion or its ghosts. Her friend had just told her it was a nice place to walk. Wow, that's... That's an interesting story. <laughs> I love that it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought you like paid people to dress up and just like <laughs> spend the night. I mean, you know, go really far into yeah. the period. Of it. <laughs> well, thank you, Carissa. We really appreciate your story. And uh, we always want to hear people's stories. So if you want to send it to us, you can email us at info at ghostlypodcast.com or just use the contact us form right on ghostlypodcast.com. And the other way that we love is uh, to get ghost stories sent in the actual mail. Um, you can send it to P.O. Box number 264, Geneva, Illinois, 60134. You're not going to remember any of that. So just uh, go to the footer on ghostlypodcast.com and get the address there. Yes. Very right. exciting. So let's just get to the ghost story part. Then, right? No, no, no. We have something to get to first, of course. What? We have to do the polls. But it's summer. I thought we don't do polls in the summer. <laughs> well, unfortunately, <laughs> we do do polls. So huh? uh, in our last episode, we talked about the Huntington Theater. Yes, we did. In Boston. Yes. Um, we had yes, 20% and no, 80%. Oh, Rebecca. Jeez. This was bad. We, You know, I, I mean... It, you know, I think it is summer. Yeah. Maybe not as many votes. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't think there was as many votes. <laughs> I think people are slacking on that. Um, but the overall rating was 2.8, and that is like between 1 through 10, how haunted people think it is. That's pretty low. There was one 10 there, mm-hmm. someone that had worked there, actually. I was just going to so. say, I almost picked that as my as my listener mail for today, yeah. but I think we'll... We'll wait on that one, but... Um, but well, we read them on Ghostly X, though. But so. we definitely read it on Ghostly X, and maybe yeah. I'll, I'll share it on here sometime, too. Yeah. All right, so I do have a ghost story. Oh, okay, awesome. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was born ready. 
It's time for a spooky tale from Rebecca. Have you ever had a ghostly experience on a work trip? Ding, ding, ding. I would never have thought that would happen, but it just did. I had to go to Milwaukee for work, and I ended up staying at the famous Fister Hotel. I'm lucky that my job pays for nice places. Though, given what happened, maybe I would have been better off at a brand new Hampton Inn or something. My first night was fine. Beautiful room, good food, comfortable bed. Worked the next day and went out with some clients. Now, we did get a few drinks, but nothing too crazy. I have to turn those receipts into the company, even if they don't pay for the liquor. I made my way back to the hotel and up to my room with no problems. But then things went sideways. I was getting ready for bed when I thought I heard knocking out in the hallway. I turned down the TV to make sure it wasn't on my door. It wasn't. But then, right as I was about to turn the volume back up, there was a knocking on my door. I thought maybe someone was in trouble, so they were like knocking on all the doors to find someone. I cracked my door, leaving the chain on, but I saw no one. Now, this was probably dumb, but I unlocked the chain and went into the hallway to see if someone was there. Nothing. No one. I didn't hear the elevator. It was just a few doors down. I didn't hear the door to the stairway close. No one was there. But at this point, I was more confused than scared. Then I went back in my room. Once I closed the door, it was like everything went crazy. First, the TV turned itself off and back on twice. That was freaky, but I told myself it was the cable. Even though it wasn't just the table cable going out, it was full power to the TV. But still, it felt like something that maybe could be explained. Then all of a sudden, the air conditioning turned off. You know how loud those wall units are in hotels. It was very noticeable. Okay, yes, it shuts off at a certain temperature, but I had mine set to very cold because that's how I sleep best. And it wasn't very cold yet. So I went to check it out and see if maybe I messed up a setting. As I was almost there, it turned back on full blast. Again, alone, Maybe I wouldn't have thought much of it, but I was starting to get a little more nervous as these things happened. I managed to convince myself that there were reasonable explanations for everything that had happened in the last 10 minutes. I went back to getting ready for bed and everything seemed to have calmed down. About an hour later, I was in bed and starting to fall asleep when there was a loud pounding noise from behind my headboard so much it was starting to shake. I sat up like a shot and it stopped immediately. At that point, I didn't know what to do. What was happening in this room? It didn't happen again that night, but I don't think I got much more than two hours of sleep. Luckily, I was leaving the next day. When I was checking out, I mentioned that things had been a little weird in my room. The clerk didn't seem surprised. Oh, interesting. So how much of that is based upon fact, Rebecca? So, um, I mean, I have to ask that now. That's uh, like a I famous mean, question that it I is ask every time. Well, we've had people that sometimes think 
that this is all this legit. This is like real, but it maybe isn't, but yeah. sometimes it is. So this is based on an account from a baseball player. Okay. Um, and of course, I didn't, I don't, I didn't write down that this person's name, but, um, <laughs> but anyways, there's a lot of ba- a lot of the ghost stories are from baseball players, and this is one, and these are all things that happened, like her knocking in the hallway and on his door, yeah. the TV went on and off, the air conditioning went on and off, and his wow. like headboard was shaking. So all of those things are things Ooh. that happened to this guy. I just kind of made him into a story. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, um, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we return, we will get to the history. Pat, what do creepy stories, funny ghost memes, and inside ghostly information have in common? Um, my life. <laughs> well, yes, but <laughs> no, it's also Ghostly Society on Facebook. Oh, yeah. I mean, that too, of course. But aren't all ghostly listeners in ghostly society? Not yet. What? I mean, that means that they're missing out on all my jokes. Yeah, they are. And missing out on chatting and sharing with other listeners and us, of course. We love talking to our listeners. If you haven't yet, you should consider joining our private group on Facebook called Ghostly Society. Let's hope now they will. Unless they're a woman in white. are sponsored by Tarot by Ta. Ta is a professional tarot card reader with over 20 years of experience. He reads at numerous public events, private parties, and personal appointments throughout the greater Chicagoland area. He also does his readings worldwide using online services like Zoom. And uh, the interesting thing about Ta is that he's hashtag Team Skeptic, too. Mm -hmm. So um, that gives a different kind of vibe to his readings, I would imagine. But people say that his readings are amazing. They do, yeah. I've heard numerous people. Uh, To find out more about Ta, visit and like his Facebook page at facebook.com slash tarot by Ta. So let's just get to the Pat Facts. Pat Facts! (laughs) So, Rebecca, do you have a lot of dreams? (laughs) Yes. I mean, like things you want to do? Oh, of course. Imagine if you had dreams and money. Oh, I can't. oh man, that'd be amazing. Because I am, I am a total dreamer. I have tons <laughs> of dreams, but no money to do them. So. Right? I mean, if I had the money, man. Well, when when a when a successful businessman has dream, mm, things start to happen. Okay. Uh, so we have Guido Fister. He was. I would say Guido, but it could be Guido. I Guido. Don't know. Okay, Guido. It is then. Uh, Guido Pfister was a rich businessman. Um, born in 1818 in Germany, he learned the tanning business. In 1845, he migrated to the U.S. So Guido first settled in Buffalo, New York, but soon after, he moved to Milwaukee, Milwaukee, <laughs> and opened a leather store. Uh, in 1853, it became the Guido Pfister Tanning Company. Okay. In 1872, the firm name was changed to the Pfister and Vogel Leather Company. And for a number of years, it was one of the largest leather companies in the Midwest. Leather. And 
Now, like the Midwest is known for trading because it's right in the middle of everything. You bet. Everything can go every different way. So when you when people say it's like like really large, it's probably going to be the largest in like anywhere around the area. Oh, like ab- Chicago has yeah. a lot of like the largest train yards, mm-hmm. the largest shipping yards, the largest this and that because of the location. Yeah. You're close to water. You're close to the train. Yeah. All the things. Um, so Guido was also instrumental in constructing a canal system in the Menomee River Valley uh, and for a time op- operated a large branch tannery in the Manitoba County. Uh, in his life, he went by many titles. Uh, he wore many hats, Rebecca. Okay. He was director of the Milwaukee and Northern Railroad Company. Oh, jeez. He, he was president of the German Exchange Bank. He was trustee of the Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company. And, and there's just so many more. Now, I wonder had. if he did all those things while still being owner of the tanning company. I... Um, probably. Probably. I mean, they probably let you do that back then. <laughs> yeah. In 1859, he had a son named Charles Fister. Uh, in 1889, Guido and Charles held stock in the Milwaukee Hotel Company and ended up, you know, like when these businessmen, they own some stock, mm-hmm. they want it all. Oh, I see. So they ended up paying enough money to get the majority of the shares. So okay. that means that they get to decide what happens with that. Okay. Money. Guido had this vision, though, all along of building the greatest hotel in Milwaukee I mean, you know, he's got famous friends, fancy friends. He wants them to have a place to stay. He wants to prove yeah. Milwaukee is a great town. Absolutely. But sadly, in 1889, Guido died before having this vision come to light. Aww. Um, Leaving all the stocks and a ton of money to Charles. Oh, well, all right. Good, good for Charles. So Charles made good on his father's dreams. Uh, he put a million dollars down to build the Fister Hotel. Wow, a million dollars in those back days, in, yeah. yeah, 89, 1889, geez. Yeah, that, it was crazy. And it, it, it opened in 1893, which was the same year as the Chicago World's Fair. Good timing. Now, let me say, uh, the Fister Hotel featured groundbreaking, groundbreaking interventions um, such as fireproofing, <laughs> electricity throughout the hotel, and individual thermostat controls in every room. This was like unheard of. I mean, we know how important fireproofing was. Now, of course, I mean, I don't know, but I'm sure today we'd be like, oh my gosh. Yeah, right. But back then, <laughs> very exciting. <laughs> it was designed by ar- architect Charles Gosh, Kosh. Coke. Coke by Charles Coke. Uh, the hotel features a Romanesque revival design, mm-hmm. but the hotel struggled in its first year. Uh, with really? Fister losing several hundred dollars a day. With all the fancy? With all the fancy. It, wow. There wasn't enough fancy people in Milwaukee in that day uh, to want to stay there. So okay. it wasn't until the State Republican Convention in July of 1894 that the hotel was filled to capacity. Okay. It became the home of many political operations and official functions and was the preferred hotel of visiting dignitaries and celebrities. There you go. It became cool. It did after that. <laughs> um, Charles Fister personally guided the hotel for many years. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And he actually lived in one of the suites in the hotel. Wow. Yeah. That's putting money where your mouth is or whatever. Well, I mean, you own this big building. Right? Might as well stay in it. It's fancy. Yeah. In 1927, though, uh, Charles had a stroke that left him paralyzed. So Charles sold the the hotel to a longtime employee and someone that he knew forever. Okay. Raymond Smith. Okay, who I'm sure he probably figured cared about the hotel. Absolutely, he did. Yeah. He didn't. He, you know, kept it for, you know, 45 years or so. Okay. Um, So let's fast forward, though, to 1962 when after... Over a half a century of operation, the Fister was showing its age. Mm. Movie theater operator Ben Marcus purchased the hotel at, at auction with the intent of renovating the historic Milwaukee hotel to its original beauty. I've been to Marcus Theaters. Have you? Yeah. Oh, cool. Hmm. As part of the Marcus investment in the property, a new 23-story guest room tower was added in the 1960s as well. Okay. Um, that sounds huge. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's a lot. Um, collected by Guido and, and Charles, um, the hotel houses the largest Victorian art collection of any hotel in the world. Wow. The hotel was held, um, the hotel has held the AAA Four Diamond Award for 37 years since the inception of the ranking itself in 1977. I mean, again, you know, the one time I was there in the room, but otherwise I've I've also just met people there, gone, you know, had dinner there. Like, just, it's always beautiful. Yeah. Always beautiful. Place. It looks like it. I've seen some videos and watched some things, and I've been outside of it. Mm-hmm. I've just never been in it. Um, so it is listed on the National Register of Historic Places as part of the East Side Commercial Historic District. It's in a very interesting location in Milwaukee. It kind of joins the East and West Side together. Okay, yeah. And um, they say that it's still like a hub of um, resources and stuff that people go there often. When I think of it, I think of it as being like central. Yes, to the yes. To the city, yeah. The, nas- uh, the 1986 National Register nomination states... The Fister is the last 19th century grand hotel remaining in downtown Milwaukee. Local materials were used in its construction with rock-faced Wauwatosa limestone. For, sorry, I love that word, Wauwatosa. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the first two floors and cream brick for the third through eighth floors. Indiana limestone and terracotta were used as trim. Changes to the exterior include the removal of the massive stone portico on the Jefferson Street facade and the closing of an entrance on the southwest corner. Sorry, southeast southeast corner. The main lobby has been refurbished and restored to resemble its original appearance. Yeah, um, a lot of limestone in this place. Yeah, (laughs) right? And uh, we all know what limestone does. Brings in the ghosts. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, notable guest, William McKinley. I already mentioned that in the episode intro. Mm-hmm. Um, William Howard Taft, um, 1909 and 1911. Okay. Woodrow Wilson, 1916. Ooh. And JFK, during his presidential primary race, appointed it as his official Wisconsin headquarters. And that was a huge deal. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Warren G. Harding, um, before he was president. Theodore Roosevelt after leaving the White House and William Frederick Cody. You know who that is? No. Buffalo Bill. Oh. Yeah, they all stayed there. I've heard of him. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Amongst other people, you know, a lot of famous people have stayed there and stuff. But these are the ones that that are noted. Yes. Yeah. 
Notables, notables. Do you have anything to add to the history, Rebecca? Um, No, not to the history, just that, you know, it's a really cool place and it's really nice that it was like owned, it's been owned by people yeah. for most of its life, you yeah. know, and, and even when it was bought by the company, it still was kind of like a person behind it. Yeah. You know, and I think that shows in the care well, for the hotel. Think about this. It's been on, it's been in operation for 130 years now. And it's still a very nice place. Yeah. We don't have many places, uh, especially in the Midwest, that have been around for 130 years. No, definitely not. So so when you do, impressive. they're always special places. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get to the debate. All right. Throughout our time doing Ghostly, we've met a lot of great people. People that don't always fit into our episode schedule. And even when they do, we try to focus on the topic of the episode and we don't really get a chance to get to know them as a person. That's why we came up with the idea of Ghostly X. Ghostly X will come out on the weeks when there is no regular Ghostly episode. And it'll have interviews with amazing people and listener feedback from previous episodes. We also can't wait to talk about the paranormal in the news. We're very proud of this project, and we can't wait to share it with you. Ghostly X is a Patreon exclusive. You can start listening now by going to ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon link in the menu bar to become a patron and help support Ghostly by listening to our brand new show. Rebecca, you ready to the to have this debate here? Yeah, let's do it. All right, I'm ready. Time for some ghost stories. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I mean, I could go on and on and on with these, but you know, we're gonna stick to some common sightings. Okay, that, that's where we're going. Just to give one. you guys a quick summer listen. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. So first is kind of the the traditional Fister Hotel ghost story. Okay, which is. That people claim that Charles Fister, so the son, mm-hmm. right, the founder in some ways of the hotel. I mean, I know it was his dad, but you know, yeah, he's really the one that did the building part. Mm-hmm. Um, and he lived there, so still visits to ensure that his guests are well taken care of at the Grand Hotel of the West, which back mm-hmm. in the day it was, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a quote unquote visitor has been spotted surveying the lobby from the grand staircase. 
strolling the minstrels gallery above the ballroom and passing through the ninth floor storage area. He's always described in roughly the same terms, older, portly, (laughs) smiling, and well-dressed. And when shown a picture of Charles Fister, witnesses swear that that's the man that they see. All right. So um, one thing, though, too, is a lot of accounts will say that Guido um, helped open up the Fister. He did not. He he died right when they got the stocks right. to be able to do it. So he did not do that because he died in 1889, mm-hmm. which is when. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that took me a while to research that because yeah. <laughs> a lot of accounts were saying that he was part of it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, how was he when he died in 1889? Right. Right. Uh, OK. So. um this is this is a difficult one, and I would say that they're looking at it from a distance, so it's really hard to be able to give a good description. Mm-hmm. Um, police have to go through a special kind of training where they learn how to be able to um, recapture things in their head, you know, mm-hmm. when they're looking at something and be mm-hmm. able to describe it perfectly, because they say that oftentimes witnesses don't know how to do this, and that it's a big problem. We have a lot of cases where. Um, we, I'm not, I'm not a police officer, (laughs) but they have a lot of cases where, um, people will come forward and say that they swear it's this person that did it. And that person has, has an alibi, um, and that couldn't have done it. Um, so I'm going to say that this is not something out of the ordinary. And I'm going to say that they're seeing him at a distance. They're just seeing a person Mm. and they're not seeing Charles. I see. I see. So I'm going to have to go zero on this one because it makes sense that they would be seeing just a normal person to me. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give this one a seven. Okay. You know, because they do, you know, they, they see the picture and they're like, whoa, that's the guy I saw. And then you start thinking like, wait a minute, you know, because I don't know. I don't know what the order of things are. I don't know if they see the guy and they're like, that's a ghost. And or is it that they see the guy and then they see like the like a painting of a picture of him and they're like, whoa, I just saw him. Yeah, that's not you know. Unfortunately, I don't know. all the evidence could use um more, you know, more backing <laughs> information. Um, that's how it always is, though, right? Always it's not, is, right? There's never going to be enough, no. and um, we we would definitely need more. And also, too, even if they gave me all the information, I would still want to see like the location for myself. And sure. I'd want to know where they saw the person. And mm-hmm. it's just a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> we can't go into all, all that. So I'm just going to have to give it a zero. So. All right. Okay. So n- now the next two uh, pieces that we have that we're going to talk about today yes. are based on major league baseball stars. Okay. So... I mean, when you look up the Fister Hotel and ghosts are haunted, yeah. pretty much all you're going to find are stories from Major League Baseball. <laughs> Some yeah. NBA players as well. So basically, when when visiting teams come to stay and play the Brewers, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's where they stay is the Fister. Okay. So that's kind of that, that's the place. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing they're just the ones that get reported mm-hmm. the most. Okay. We'll see. So one of the things, and I, this is, this is different than the the story, but again, it's just another example, um, is this, the TV, mm-hmm. the TVs there seem to do stuff on their own okay. is what it seems like. So, um, uh, Brent Rooker, who's, uh, who was, I, I don't know if he still is an, uh, Oakland athletic player. Um, and he said that something kept changing the channel in his room. 
He said, I'll have it on like Golf Channel and I'll be on my laptop looking down. I'll look back up and it's on QVC or some other channel that is definitely not the Golf Channel. Well, I mean, I would tell you I'd probably rather watch QVC than the Golf <laughs> Channel. But anyways, okay, okay. go ahead. Um, so he, he said this to reporter Martin um, Gallegos. Um, and uh, he said, that's happened a few times. I fell asleep with it on one night and woke up at like 4 a.m. and it was off, which I figured was just like a sleep timer. I woke back up at 7.30 or 8 and it was back on and it was a different channel than I had fallen asleep mm-hmm. with it on. It was just small stuff like that. So, because again, I think a lot of times baseball players get asked about haunted stuff there. Yeah. Um, but anyways, what are you thinking? Okay, well, first of all, um, the baseball players are the most superstitious people in the world, <laughs> right? They, I mean, right? I'm, well, I think all athletes are in a way, but baseball players definitely notorious, pretty for being high on that most list. Su- superstitious, yeah. but all right. So this could be a couple of different things. Now you're going to roll your eyes at me when I say these mm-hmm. things, but this is just some possibilities. I want to just present possibilities, possibilities, because to me, if there's possibilities, I would rather believe them than believe these <laughs> More stories. More reasonable doubt. Is where you're going. Well, it's like I go for the simplest possible answer, mm-hmm. the one that makes most sense. Okay. And thinking a ghost never makes sense to me. So, <laughs> um, okay, so it could be a short in the um in the out outlet. Okay, that can cause that. It could be um really bad manufactured TVs. But one of my things that I'm thinking is maybe um someone in the next room is using the remote control trying to turn the channel, and if it's aimed at the Wrong way. It can actually go through walls sometimes. Whoa. Yeah. It depends on the TV, make and model, and the remote, and make the wall, and model, I and the battery life of it, and the wall, and a lot of different factors involved in there, but it is a possibility, though, hmm. right? So that's what I'm going to lean on, and I'm going to say zero. Okay. I mean, the only thing that I find interesting is it's not clear, but he says that's happened a few times. So it almost makes me think that, like, there's been a like if it's happened more than once, like not just the one time he stayed there, but a few times. Um, so that gives it or a, a few times that night because he's talked about falling asleep and then waking up. And sure, I don't know, just the, that's happened. I mean, a few no times wonder he fell asleep, he's sound. watching the golf channel. <laughs> I mean, maybe that was the point, right? <laughs> um, anyway, so for me, I'm gonna give it a six. All right, maybe six, six. Is, six is respectable, you know, yeah, yeah, it just seems a little weird. Yeah. All right. Okay. So our last one for today is mm-hmm. from Bryce Harper, who's a big pitcher. I believe. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. Like I'm saying that, like I know I'm not. <laughs> I'm sorry for those of you screaming right now if I'm <laughs> wrong on that. But, um. Anyways, I know he's a famous player. Let's okay. just say, let's give him that. Okay. So this is what he said. Uh, one time last summer, before I went to sleep, I laid a pair of jeans and a shirt on that table at the foot of the bed. Those things in hotels you sit on to put you on your shoes. Oh, yeah. I just laid them out. Simple as that. When I woke up in the morning, I swear on everything. The clothes were on the floor and the table was on the opposite side of the room against the wall. What? (laughs) I was so flustered. I honestly thought there might be someone in my room. I had no idea what the heck I'm going to say just happened. So I actually H-E looked. double hockey there sticks. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I actually looked around and then I checked to see if the door was still latched and it was. I thought someone, maybe Jason Worth, 
came into my room during the night and moved everything around. And I knew Tyler Moore and Lombo, meaning Steve Lombardozzi, uh, were both near me too. But they said that no one had done anything like that. Now, they could be lying to me. That's possible. And no one else seemed to have a weird experience. But it really creeped me out. I went downstairs and changed my room immediately. (laughs) Different room, different floor. I said, I just need to get out of that room. I don't want to talk about it. I just need to get out. So they moved me to a higher floor. All right. So there's a lot lot that could be here. Now, he gave an explanation that it could be, right? Mm -hmm. It could be that the that the other players are messing with him, Mm -hmm. which makes sense, right? I mean, they do that kind of stuff to each other. But I'm also thinking that I don't know what time he went into his room, what time he laid out these things. It could have been late. He could have been mistaken. He could have just thought it was there. Um, Could have woken up and been in like a sleepy dozing state or something (laughs) like that. Uh, I don't know. This one feels to me like more like they're just playing a playing a prank on him. I'm I don't know, man. I to me, what a weird prank. Like why would that be your prank? Like I'm going to throw your clothes I've done a lot worse to guys. So <laughs> and just move the table. Yeah, I've done a lot worse. <laughs> and then how did they latch the door? How did they get out of the room and latch it behind them? Uh does it say it was latched? Yeah, he says oh, it was, it was latched. latched. It was still latched. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, then, then it could be the other explanation that he could have just mistakenly thought it was in the other area. He could have mistakenly just threw his clothes on the floor. I don't know what he did. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to go zero on this one. It seems like there is other logical okay. explanations that are more of the physical world than the <laughs> than the supernatural world, Rebecca. Okay. Well, I'm going to give this one a seven. Okay. Because wow. it seems really weird to me and that he want that he was so freaked out that he like moved rooms that seems pretty big oh him being freaked out i totally believe that i totally believe mm-hmm. that he was freaked out oh yeah i just don't know if he was freaked out for a legitimate reason or not yeah That's no i saying. i got that for yeah, from, yeah i mean i definitely take people's feelings into account into mm-hmm. this but it doesn't change my vote though i mean <laughs> it just i i feel for them but, yeah because that kind of stuff has happened to me too where people have messed with me so bad where, you know, yeah, I've I've wanted to leave ter- certain areas and stuff like that as well. Uh, I think it's, well, anyways, we're going to leave that story for a ghostly something else someday. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your overall rating? All right. So my overall rating is uh, going to be... You did seven, seven, six. I think so. So I, I, I can't do a six point five. So I got to do a seven. I guess. Okay. Or yes. you can go down if you want. No, <laughs> no. We'll go with a seven. We'll All right. Well, it. I'm gonna av- average mine out. Okay. Zero, zero, zero would be zero. Oh, there yeah. it is. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that brings us to the closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of uninterrupted time. We will time each other on our cell phones to keep each other honest. You bet. Especially Rebecca. Nay, no. Anyways, uh, Rebecca, are you ready? I am ready. All right, and let's go. All right, so I think there's a good chance the Fister's haunted. First of all, old. Oh, wow, that's haunted. (laughs) I'll start it over. Okay, thank you. You ready? Yeah. All right, so... I think the Fister could very well be haunted. Number one, we do have the limestone, right? We talked about that. But two, 
there's definitely been stories for a lot of years. So we have the Charles Fister and we have the baseball players. And I'm going to be honest, like I looked at the list of baseball players and it's been, there's been stories of hauntings for like 20 plus years from baseball players. Now I picked some of the best ones. Like some of them were just more like, I felt really creeped out, you know, so they weren't really very good stories. But um, I don't know. And they seem just like real things. Like, I don't feel like these are people that normally are like, yeah, let me tell you my ghost story. Like they're supposed to be, you know, like strong athletes that don't get scared or whatever. And so the fact that they're sharing these stories, I don't know, means something to me. So uh, I think it's haunted. All right. Oh, you have two seconds left, Rebecca. Yep. (laughs) All right. All right. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay. And go. So doing some research into this hotel, I found out that the hauntings all have begun in 2009. That is when the first reported hauntings in the Fister Hotel started happening. That's when the baseball players started reporting things and Mm -hmm. Mr. Charles Fister was found. Um, What happened before 2009? Why uh, 2009? They did renovations. They probably uh, this disturbed This is un- uninterrupted something. time, Rebecca. What, these are rhetorical questions. Uninterrupted time. Um, you know, my thought is that these all have just come about because of movies and, and talking about ghosts and stuff like that. And some maybe some ghost podcasts that started off um, <laughs> around that time. Uh, people became ghost hunters around that time, too. So uh, I am just thinking that this is... All made up, unfortunately. Not enough evidence to go by. All right. You can have extra time if you want. No, it's okay. It's okay. I'm good. All right. (laughs) All right. I just got so heated. So I want to thank everyone so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is our best advertisement. (laughs) Remember to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Uh, I'd like to give a heartfelt and special shout out to our VIP producers, uh, which are part of our Patreon. Yeah. Uh, so we have Alicia. Becky. Kim. Ta. Ernie. Cindy. Kevin. Nicole. Jessica. Alice. Austin. Aaron. Hope. And Candy. And on the next episode of Ghostly, we will be talking about the... Pev... <laughs> okay. Pevgalia. 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 We'll learn it. We will learn how to say it. Island (laughs) in Venice, Italy. And it comes out on July 26th. Until next time, stay ghostly. Bye.